Phil, that was a Stephen G post. Uh, great story. You tell a tremendous guy. We, we uh, generally, we, we have um, uh, more interaction in the beginning. We, he talked for a long time about his background, but it was so fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I mentioned having him back because he's done this research on Alzheimer's, but uh, deeply spiritual guy, obviously uh, not representing any one tradition or technique or religion, uh, very broad based. He was at Yale Divinity School. He was at University of Chicago Divinity School. So strong academic background also, but a, a really terrific guy. And he works with people in the medical profession. And I think that's very important that yeah. they have those perspectives, people going on to treat people that are going through very serious stuff. No, the whole field of bio and medical ethics is fascinating, but, um, and he's made apparently great contributions to those fields. And I, I wonder, it's one of the things I wanted to ask him, uh, you know, he has a background as a research scientist in these fields and as well as uh, his uh, other trainings. And I wondered how people in the medical community uh, relate to the spiritual dimension of what he's talking about or whether he, because of his credentials and his approach to it as a research scientist can, can say things that somebody like you or I couldn't. You know? Yeah, no, I, I think that, yeah. I, I think especially amongst younger doctors, uh, but, but even doctors from uh, our generation or before, you know, uh, I think many of them develop a spiritual component seeing life and death and all the things that they see. And certainly what he was saying about, you know, doctors saying, how are you doing? I think doctors these days are a lot more interactive, spend a lot more time explaining, having those types of interactions with folks. And I, I have to mention that when he, he, he his book about uh, uh, cruising and his story about cruising on Route 80, right around that same time he did it, I did my first trip with my buddy uh, from New Jersey to California and was all new to me, yeah. Route 80. And, and actually recently I did a, a big trip on Route 80. So yeah, there's something spiritual about it. The country, the expansiveness. And then uh, I was just, uh, while, while we were going, my wife and I were doing this trip, we were listening to uh, Jack Kerouac on the road. And oh. so to a lot of the same places. And at the end of the book, not to give anything away, but he discusses this vision from New York across New Jersey to that, um, to, he mentions Iowa. And then beyond that, and it's sort of like very analogous to expansion to transcending. So uh, anyway, but I thought that's and now you know I did uh, my biography of Yogananda. He made the same a similar trip before there was an interstate really? highway, before there was a Route 80 on the small road equivalents that were very new in 1925, wow. 1924. Wow, and, it must have taken a long time. Yeah weeks and uh, with, uh, but you know, those were the days in his day he was discovering in America and that was new to automobiles. So the right. roadside gas stations and motels were, were a very new thing. And now we have these interstates and, you know, I'm guessing that, you know, uh, Stephen Post's book is God in Love on Route 80. I'm guessing that of the millions of people who travel Route 80, probably every day, very few encounter either God or love. So <laughs> it's probably uh, not even at the toll booths. Yeah. Hey, you know, he mentioned that, 
He mentioned a Norman Rockwell painting called uh, The Golden Rule. So I uh, Googled it, and I, I'm going to see if I can share my screen. Yes, if you can share it now. And uh, show it to everybody. Okay, can you see oh, it? Golden. There he is. You know, I, is that, oh, yeah, there it is. Wow. And he talked about the circle of white. You can't see it down right. here because of the... Uh, right the uh, label or the the writing, but you, it goes like this. It's fascinating. And he, he's right, he has, he has every race, every uh, religious, well, most religions depicted here. And this was 1961. This is quite, a, quite impressive, actually. I'd never known about that. So, uh, Dennis, are you with me? Yeah, I, I'm looking up the picture so oh, I can okay. see, it, see, it, see it even more clearly here. But uh, uh, yes, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating stuff. I don't think I, I wonder where that uh, painting is housed because I haven't seen it up close ever like that. Yeah. I was also, I've always been interested in this question I asked him about spirituality slash religion and ethical behavior. Because, you know, we've seen such egregiously bad behavior on people representing mm -hmm. spiritual traditions and such. And so many good people, like my mother, who was this atheist, she was a, you know, she was a deeply compassionate and highly ethical person. She would cite the golden rule, not even realizing it had a religious origin. To her, it was just, you know, obvious secular ethics. And so that interaction between people evolving spiritually, do they naturally become better, more ethical in their behavior more, or, do, or do they have to be? Well, well, I think that's a good, I think whether, if they are truly spiritual and I think because one belongs to or adheres to the rules and regulations of a particular established religion or spiritual group, that doesn't necessarily make them spiritual. Spirituality comes from within. Now, those organizations, not to be critical of them, those organizations can often or maybe uh, usually often, uh, for the most part, uh, get people to help them or at least assist people in discovering that inner spirituality that's, that comes, that spontaneous right action that comes from being tuned in that way. Uh, but then there are many people that belong to spiritual organizations or even uh, or run them or whatever that do not have that uh, inner spirituality. And the question and, of uh, spontaneous right action is questionable too at times because right. we have all these people who emphasize spiritual practice, many of whom claim to be enlightened and awakened and misbehave in the world. So it's a complicated question. And that leads me to mention, uh, you know, I'm on the board of the Association for Spiritual Integrity, which was started by friends of ours and right. people we've had on the show right. to address those issues in particular. And, you know, and we worked very hard to coming up with a, a code of ethical behavior for spiritual teachers that uh, may as well mention it here. If anybody is listening who's interested in that, please you know, Google Association for Spiritual. What's the website? 
it's um, uh, what it's Google Association for Spiritual Integrity. Yeah, that's the it's way. I think you'll get it correctly. It's it, it's, and, and, and the advice I think we give to people is that if somebody says they're spiritual but they're not acting in a way you would think a spiritual person would act. And they ain't spiritual. You well, know, that's that's a question. In fact, I met, I learned about Stephen Post because at ASI, at Association for Spiritual Integrity, we have occasional webinars, and he gave one of our webinars on ethical behavior. Well, that's right. And and so that's also at you can find that on our site. Anyway, I'm I'm also interested in this. Have you seen this movie that's out now that Anthony Hopkins won the Academy Award for called The Father? No. The Man Deteriorating with uh, Dementia. Mm -hmm. Deeply moving, makes you very empathic and compassionate, not just for the person afflicted, but the caretakers, especially the family, right. the loved ones. Very it, it, uh, it was that movie also, The Notebook, and it was about husband and wife, very deeply connected, and how, uh, I think it was the woman who had Alzheimer's, would drift in and out and have then moments that were very lucid. But then, uh, like what Stephen was mentioning, there were many, many people that seemed not connected to the world, uh, and yet they are. They still feel... Yeah, they're obviously connected, but they... I just saw online a story about, maybe it was in the Washington Post or New York Times, a story about a man suffering from Alzheimer's who could no longer recognize his wife. He didn't know who he was. And they fell in love. I, I, I and he married I her. Yeah, a second time. Yeah, you not knowing her. it was the second time. Was she fully cognizant and aware? Apparently, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't read this. I only read the headlines, but... Um, yeah, I saw that headline. Isn't that incredible? I want the movie. Great That's story. amazing. Anyway. Yeah, I know anyway. it, it was uh, fascinating it's stuff. I do want to have Stephen back on to discuss his... We should definitely do that. Journey. But no, it was no. worth taking the time to listen to his story coming from New York, getting that summer job he really didn't want to have. We, no, he's a good story. Some of us have also been through that thing, getting that summer job, and then you could get me out of here. And then how uh, he was able to take off and, and uh, leaving that note for his for the Pennsylvania but police to bring his car back to his parents. That was classic. He had that gift of a good storyteller to make you think he's off on a digression or a tangent, and then bringing it back, bring it back. to the purpose. It was like there he was in San Francisco and on the Golden Gate Bridge, and it was like, what does that have to do with the dream? And then right. there was the the payoff. Bingo, bingo. Yeah, and then he came back. Story. And he completely went full circle with it at the end. So right. It's, uh, it's, so hey, listeners, once again, let us uh, remind you: please subscribe, so you don't miss a click on that subscription button. <laughs> and over here. Uh, you can find us on our website or our YouTube channel, but mind you, the video portion of Spirit Matters on the YouTube channel is fairly new. We only have maybe 15, 16 uh, videos on there at, as of now, but you'll find about more than 250 audios with great people on our uh, website. Free and open and available to the public. 
But if you would like to contribute, it's not a donation. We're not a nonprofit. But if you would like to contribute, we would uh, be very happy with you because we'd like to stay on the air and we'd like to keep our archives open for free. And, you know, uh, you can learn a lot in those archives. I have. Terrific people on. I learned something new with every interview. If you go to Krishna Das, if you're familiar with him and you, we interviewed him recently, if you go to his website, the our interview, our video interview, the YouTube channel interview is posted there. So we're getting okay. around. Okay. All right, till next time, Dennis. Bye.